Well, let's get into our second week of our series called O Sleeper. This series, just to remind you, is about waking up your spiritual habits. Maybe you've had some spiritual habits in your walk with Christ that have been dead for a hot minute. So I want us to kind of light it up again and give you some key principles and factors so that you can reawaken your spiritual habits that you and the Lord have developed. Last week, I talked about waking up to God's will. I talked about hiding his word in your heart, learning how what God's will is for your life is to learn his word. Um, I talked about hidden. Uh, the word hidden is meditation because the definition of meditation is a written or spoken discourse expressing considered thoughts on a subject. Memorizing is also a word that's also used for the word hidden because memorize means commit to memory, learn by heart. And that's when I referenced Psalm 119.11. I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. So last week we talked about uh, diving into God's word, I challenged y'all last week to try to memorize a verse, to try to get into the word of God, because that's going to be the fruit. It's going to be the food for your soul. So for week two, we're going to be talking about waking up to your worship. Title is wake up your worship. Let's pray for this message, and then we'll get into it. So Father, we thank you for this message. Lord, we thank you for the word that you have brought forth. I pray, Lord, that it would it would sit on fertile soil, Lord. I pray that it would dive deep within our hearts. I pray that we would be able to hear clearly, not just with our physical ears, but, Lord, with our spiritual ears, so that we can hear what you have to say, Lord. Not I, Lord, but let your word be spoken tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so, question. Have any of you, do any of you, or do you know anyone that uh, talks in their sleep? Who talks in their sleep? Oh, he's like, chill, no. Who talks in their sleep? I do not. No, I don't. She's lying. I have, I have not caught Sarah yet talking in her sleep. Maybe, I guess I do. I, I didn't know that. Um, how many of you, or do you know someone that sleepwalks? <laughs> he talks and walks. <laughs> he walks and talks. You know someone? Okay. Oh, for real? He sleepwalks? Dude, I, the, the one story I could think of, the one story that I could think of from a, from a sibling, because I knew my brother talks in his sleep, but I knew I know Anna sleepwalks. She sleepwalked before. I don't think she sleepwalks now. I made it sound like she does it right now. But she used to sleepwalk, and one of the most scariest moments of her sleepwalking was when we went to Poche's in Burbridge, the campground in Burbridge, and we were in a trailer, and all of a sudden, we hear the trailer door open. And we didn't know what was going on. And we looked and Anna wasn't in the trailer. She was literally walking outside. She, you know those Roombas? Those little uh, robotic uh, vacuums that move on its own? That's literally what she looked like. She was like moving like back and forth with her eyes closed. Like she wasn't looking at anything. Her eyes were completely closed. And she's just like, eh, eh. like she's like moving in the most robotic fashion. And she's not waking up. So we had to wake her up. And she was like... Why is it cold out? Because we we went in October at the time. She's like, why is it cold out? So we were like, you were sleepwalking, buddy. You were out like a light. And she was just walking around. And it was kind of scary because because if it was in our house, I mean, we, we're not in a bad, like, area. But, like, at Poche, she could have fell in water and drowned. And it would have been, like, this whole conundrum. And it would have been horrible. But we didn't want that, obviously, to happen. So we made sure that she was alive. So sleepwalking is fun, yet dangerous. Um 
But sleepwalking, sleepwalking is a funny concept because it's not just built into your physical sleepwalking. Because sleepwalking is that you can walk, move around, but you're not up. You're not moving. You're not uh, not moving. You're not responding to anyone or anything. You're not aware. Sleepwalking is you just not being aware, yet you're walking and moving around and maybe opening a a a cabin door, but you're not physically or mentally or emotionally aware. The concept that I'm trying to talk to you about is spiritually sleepwalking. Spiritually sleepwalking is you doing everything you're supposed to do as a believer, but spiritually you are unaware of anything or even the enemy that is attacking you or even the situations in your life. You might be spiritually sleepwalking. I have slept walk in this in spiritually before. I have not moonwalked in the spirit. I don't know why I thought about moonwalking, but like I haven't moonwalked in the spirit, but but spiritually sleepwalking is a very dangerous thing as a believer, not just as a, as a someone who doesn't know Jesus, but somebody who claims to have a relationship with Jesus because the concept of spiritual sleepwalking is this. We find ourselves spiritually sleepwalking, only going through the motions, but not really alert, awake, or conscious of what's going on around us. This means that a lot of the times when we, when you spiritually sleepwalk, you're doing Christian things in the flesh. When you spiritually sleepwalk, you're doing everything that is outside your awakeness of your spirit man. Does, does that make sense? You are using your physical and fleshly habits and engine to do things that are actually meant to do in the spirit. So, like, for example, the fruits of the Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit do produce through your acts, but that comes from the Spirit, not your own power of will. It doesn't come from that. Your will is operated by your own, but by using that to pray, to ask the Lord, Lord, let my will be yours and let your will be mine, that's where the fruits of the Spirit. But why is it called fruits of the Spirit? Because it is Spirit. You get that by the Spirit. So, When it comes to spiritually sleepwalking, it's very, very crucial. I want to ask you a question. Are you spiritually sleepwalking? God has called us to be alert and active as we live and obey him. Someone who is sleepwalking has no ability to make wise choices or walk with intentionality. A lot of the times... If your ba- if your decisions are based off of feeling, you are spiritually sleepwalking. If you base your feelings, if you base your decisions off of something that you're feeling in a particular moment, you are spiritually sleepwalking. If you base your decisions off of just life experiences, a lot of the times that's spiritual sleepwalking. Why? Because you're basing stuff off of what you've done from before, it might not even work again. So spiritually sleepwalking is relying on everything else in the flesh rather than in the spirit. We have to learn to be aware. And this is why I think of worship. Worship is very, very specific. Worship is awareness. Worship actually makes you aware of the things that the enemy is attacking you with 
and the right decisions that you can make. You cannot make decisions on your own, especially a pretty big one. You know what's the, you know what's the most annoying question? And you, some of you have probably already had this question, and I've had this question when I was a teenager. How many people have, to, uh, have you had somebody ask you, hey, what are you going to do when you graduate high school? Have you ever had that question? That's a dumb question. That's a very dumb question. I'm a teenager. I don't have time right now to really figure out what I'm going to do after high school. Look, I'll figure it out once I'm maybe 16, 17, but I'm not going to figure that out right now. You know, there's no way that you'll be able to figure that out. So questions like that become very confusing. When it comes to worship, you have to be aware of that. Stuff like that, like that dumb question that we that you always get asked as a teenager, those that decision will come eventually. Like there's no doubt in your mind you're going to have to make decisions on your life, whether it's a career, whether it's um, maybe getting married, having kids, having a job, stuff like that. Those are major decisions. And you have to have not just worldly wisdom, not just in-world wisdom, but spiritual wisdom. And a lot of the time, that comes from prayer and worship. From a Christian's perspective, you have to make the right decision. Not every decision is perfect, but there has to be a right one. The word word worship, in definition, is the feeling or expression of reverence and adoration. You probably thought worship was just praise. But it's also giving reverence and adoration. What does adoration mean? Adoration means deep love and respect. So here's my question. Are you loving God and respecting him just through raising your hands? Or are you loving God deeply in respect with your obedience towards him? That's the biggest question, and that is the, the least common denominator that we fall into. We want to say we love God and that we worship him, but the main issue, that the thing that you're missing is you're missing the obedience. You're missing, I'm going to do what you want me to do, Lord. You're missing that piece. If you're missing that piece, there's a lot. Of, listen, I'm going to tell you this right now. Those who raise their hands, yet their life does not complete to the obedience, is just as bad as the people who cross their arms in worship. They're just as bad. They are no good, no better than the person who crosses their arms during worship. They're not as good. They're not as great. Because you are halving something that should be made whole. You should not just worship God in your praise, but you should also worship God in your obedience to him. Does that make sense? You have to make your obedience to him. That's also worship. Another definition of worship is pleasing, pledging your allegiance to something. Worship. I am giving my attention and gratitude and respect and love, and I'm going to follow this person. That is true worship. Praising him, even Jesus said this to the disciples. He said, y'all praise me. Or he said this to the Pharisees. You praise me with your lips. But your hearts are far from me. What does that mean? That's an indicator that somebody can praise and love God with their mouth all they want. But the moment there comes a decision where Christ needs to be involved, we are, we are not bringing him into the scenario. Worship is awareness. Worship is making yourself aware of who God is and why you need him in a decision, in a situation. 1 Thessalonians 5, 6 through 9 says, So be on guard. This is about being aware. 
Not asleep like others, stay alert and be clear-headed. Night is the time when people sleep and drinkers get drunk. But you, but let us who live in the light be clear-headed, protected by the armor of faith and love, wearing as our helmet of confidence of our salvation, the confidence of our salvation. For God chose to save us through our Lord Jesus Christ, not to pour out his anger on us. Scriptures, scripture's charge is for us to live in a way that is clear-headed and alert. See, worship brings that awareness. Every time I have praised the Lord and I have lifted my hands and I have made a full surrender to him, my awareness of everything is times 10. Everything in my life where I base my decisions off of, you have a greater focus after worship. You have a greater perspective after worship. You are a lot more refreshed after worship. The Bible tells us to be aware and sober-minded. A lot of the scriptures mention that. Why? Because the awareness of a believer is looking out. It's almost like you're on duty 24-7 looking for the enemy when he attacks. That's what a believer has. You're always being attacked. So if you don't know there's a devil attacking you, how do you know that there's even a devil to begin with? If you believe the enemy's real, which I hope all of you do, this is what our church preaches. We believe that there is a devil attacking believers all the time. If you don't believe that the enemy is attacking you, or maybe you're just not aware or ignorant that the enemy is attacking you, you have to realize where your belief is at, because if you don't believe the enemy is attacking you, then you don't believe there's an enemy at all. The enemy is constantly attacking you. So how do you combat him? With the word and with your worship. The word and worship are two main components to that puzzle of attacking the enemy. What does this mean for us today? We have learned this is how you can this is how you apply this to your life. How does what does this mean for you? We have to learn to renew our minds to the obedience of God. God has given us free will to do things. Worship is a choice. So let me be very, very honest with you. You cannot wait and see if God's going to make you lift your hands up. You cannot wait for somebody else to stop looking at you to raise your hands up. You have to raise your hands by choice. Worship is a choice. That's why we call worship also obedience, because you obeying God is also a choice. You obeying his word is also a choice. And I'm telling you, in your life, in the situations that you face, because some of you face hard situations in your life, you have to learn to obey what he has said. You have to obey what he has called you into. Trust me, there are thousands of excuses that you can give why you don't or why it's hard right now. And I get it. I'm telling you, I've been through these things. I understand these situations. But I'm telling you, if you start applying the worship, you'll be a lot more aware. Because here's what the enemy's going to do. He's going to give you this backtrack and tell you 
that your worship means nothing because of what you do or what you've done. He's going to back, I talked about this last week. I said some of us feel shame for reading the word because of the things of our past or maybe the sin that we deal with, the mistakes that we deal with. It's the same thing with worship. I can't worship God. I'm not worthy enough to worship God. Worship is not about you. Let me make that very clear. Worship is giving reverence and adoration. I just read, I just read the, the definition. Worship is love and adoration and respect and reverence towards the Lord. That is first. And when you worship Him and you give Him the adoration, you humble yourself, His Spirit comes down. And that's when you sense His presence because He wants to be near someone that wants Him. He doesn't want to be near someone that does not give a, a, a rip about him. He wants someone that does want to worship him. Worship brings God down. Your worship makes you aware because God is in the midst. So learning to renew our minds is very, very important. Renewing your mind is a big important thing to being aware. If you are in worship, your mind should be renewed. And I want to read this to you in Romans 12, 1 through 2. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. True worship is offering our bodies to God and renewing our minds to Him. Another way that it makes you aware is verse 2. Don't copy the behaviors of the world. Why do we ask the question, why am I not close with God? Why am I not close with the Lord? There's multiple things, but the obvious reason, the obvious reason is, are you copying the behaviors of this world? If you are copying the behaviors of this world, that is a clear indicator that you don't feel close to God. That's what spiritual, spiritually sleepwalking feels like, is Wearing the Christian badge, the title, yet living like the world. You can't do both. You can't have the one foot in, one foot out. Jesus said you cannot serve God and money. The, another scripture says, choose this day whom you will serve. You cannot serve both. You cannot serve both. You probably hear, there's probably other theologies that talk about maybe using both. It is false. It is not true. If it was true, then why do I feel more distant from God when I copy the world? Why do I feel more distant from Jesus when I do the things that the world does? It's very, very difficult because we live in a world that is so influenced from one another. And you know what's funny? Jesus will always contradict the culture out there. He will always contradict it. People will tell you to fight back, bite back, do all the stuff you got to do to get your revenge. Jesus says to turn the other cheek. Jesus says to pray for your enemies. Who wants to do that? Not me. Absolutely not. 
I wouldn't want to do that. You wouldn't want to do that. Why? Because the natural human thing to think of is no. Absolutely not. I will not do that. Do you know what they did? That's what we, that's what we jump into. What, what, you saw what they did, Jesus? You saw what they did? He gets it, but the way that Jesus' principles are, are different than how the world thinks. So when you live in the customs of the world, you will do things as what the world does. So you have to make yourself aware. True worship is offering our bodies and obeying the Lord. Worship goes far beyond the songs we sing. It goes far beyond that, y'all. It goes way far beyond that. That's just the tip of the iceberg when you start in this Christian walk. I will not, I will not lie to you. Worship, praise and worship is a piece that helps me live my life for Him. But I should not rely on that and then later go do something else. It is basically you're telling God something and then thinking you're going behind His back and doing something else. That is hypocrisy. That is not the true Christian living. We worship God by living alert and doing everything for his glory and honor. He empowers us to do this by transforming the way we think. Ask yourself, am I going through my day with intentionality and purpose, or am I just going through the motions? You have to be aware. Being aware does take work. Being aware takes work because of, especially for me, if maybe y'all are, maybe y'all are like hyper-focused and some of you are just extremely aware. Me, I'm brain dead by four o'clock and I want to just go watch TV and just relax. I don't really want to do anything else. But a lot of the times I have to ask myself, am I just going through the motions? Am I just, am I just basing my decisions, basing my time, basing my purpose off of just Going with the wind. Just going with the wind. If you go with the wind, you're going to go everywhere but where you want to go. If you go with the wind, if you're the leaf, you will go wherever the wind takes you. So the challenge, the challenge is to wake up with your worship. If you're spiritually sleepwalking, allow worship, you praising God, giving adoration to Jesus, be your awakening. That's the bottom line. Wake up your Worship. Now let's truly apply this as I close. Let me truly apply this to your life. Colossians 3, 16 through 17 says, Let the message about Christ in all of its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing songs and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. That's praise. Praise is what Colossians is explaining. Praise brings that awareness and your obedience towards the Lord puts it in action. So if you're struggling to obey God, have you truly worshiped him lately? If you're having an issue obeying the Lord, have you spent time with him? Have you actually, see, we're disobedient to God when we don't get close to him or we feel like he's distant. That's when we truly start, truly start to disobey God is when we are too far or we feel like he's too far. 
But I'm telling you, if you would learn to praise his name properly, giving your focus to him, it will cause you to be very aware of the battles that you're facing in your life. That you're not in this alone. That you're not fighting these things alone. That you're not facing this alone. That the Lord is with you. Verse 17. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Whether you like it or not as a believer, you are a representation of Jesus wherever you go. You are a you are the Bible that some people might ever see. You might be the only thing people will see Jesus through. And what greater mistake that we might make where we are the only Jesus they see and we mess it up. I'm not saying you're going to be perfect. I'm not saying that you're not going to slip and mess up. But when you are a representation of Christ, there's a higher standard. When you're a representation of Jesus at your school, at your job, in your own family house, in your own relatives, to your cousins, aunts, and uncles, you are a representation of Jesus. It's a heavy weight that only Jesus can carry. So that means you need Jesus. That means you need Christ every day in your life to make that possible. You cannot do it on your own. Scripture says, whatever we say or do, do it as a representative of Jesus. Make every moment count throughout your day. Every action and opportunity you have a chance to worship God. I'm telling y'all, the key is not just making some big moment throughout the day. I'm going to take this time to worship God. I'm going to take this time to read the Bible. I'm going to take this time to talk to my Jesus. No, what you need to do also is you need to make yourself aware throughout the day when I'm going to talk to God. Y'all following me? Y'all seem asleep. Let me put it this way. When you're on your lunch break, worship God. When you are thinking of God, because I know some of you do think of Jesus. I believe it, because I do. When you think of Jesus, when you have Jesus pop into your mind, when you're thinking about the goodness of God, when you're thinking about maybe a scripture you read the other day, worship him in that moment. That's every opportunity for you to worship God. Yeah, don't, don't throw your hands up in class and like worship God like that. That's a little disruptive of the class. But what I'm saying is, is that every opportunity that you do have to worship God, take that opportunity. You will have opportunities. I kid you not. You will have every opportunity to worship God. Well, I'm just busy. You, are, you know what busyness is? Busyness is what you make time for. You being busy is what you're making time for. That job you're at that's so busy, you have taken your time to work that job. You have signed up and made a commitment to that job or to that school to go there from this time to this time and to work or do school. You have given yourself that time. Busyness is what you make time for. If you are too busy for Jesus, then you don't have enough time and you need to make time. We all have that opportunity. Usually they also say this. I think Pastor Brandon had told me this one time. He usually gets up early for duck hunting. 
And the Lord had told him one time that you get early, you get early up enough for that, but are you willing to get up that early enough for me? Are you willing, like the Lord literally told him, you're, if you're willing to get up early to go do that, ask yourself, are you willing to wake up at a time to get up for me? I'm telling you, you have plenty of time before you go to school to get a download from God, to get a word from the Lord, to get yourself energized in the spirit, to go throughout your day. You have that opportunity. Question is, why don't you take it? You have every single opportunity in the morning to take a moment. I'm not saying you need three hours. You just need a little bit of a time and a little bit of effort in your own morning. Look, get your coffee first. Get your Red Bull. Get whatever you got to get so that you can get yourself tapped into, tap into his presence and in his word and, his, and, and praying to him, talking with him. You have to make that opportunity. Busyness is what you make time for. If it's too busy throughout the day, Wake up a little bit earlier before you go to school, before you go to work, and give God that 10% of your morning. I'm telling you, my day is way better off when I've spent time in his word and when I've talked with him and when I've worshiped to him. It always works. I'm telling you, if you don't think it works, then you got to figure out why it don't work. Because for me, it works. Because I'm giving my spirit something to feed on. I'm giving my soul something to eat. And if you're not giving your soul nothing to eat, it's hungry. It's needing the food, which is the word, the prayer, all of that. It needs that. Here's the application. Make every moment in your life worship to God. I'm not saying be like homeboy and pray 300 times a day. I'm not talking about that. It's overkill. That dude was a righteous man. We're also righteous, but he was, he was crazy. But I'm telling you right now, you there is an opportunity to worship God. There's an opportunity to talk to him. There is an opportunity to open your U version and find a scripture that maybe spoke to you yesterday and you want to read again. Get on a Bible plan. Get yourself in an attitude of worship. That's what breaks open spiritual habits is when you decide, screw the feeling, I'm going to do it. Forget how I'm feeling right now. I need to tap into the presence of God. Forget how I'm feeling in the morning. I don't care if I have bad breath. I'll worship God with bad breath. I will worship him with my whole, with, with my whole tongue smelling like junk. I'm going to do it. You need to give God that morning, that moment. Do you all understand? You need to give God your worship. And stop making excuses. My God, I'm tired of hearing excuses of why we don't have time to worship God. Or, okay, if you're in a bad situation, why not call on him? When you know he's bigger than that. He's bigger than that situation you're going through. You know he's bigger than that. You have experienced him being bigger than anything else in this world. So why do you treat the situation like he's bigger than your worship? Hello? Why is he big? Why is your situation bigger than your worship to God? 
Why do you think it's bigger? Because the enemy is really, really good at making things small in your life. But the Lord wants you to know he is big enough to fight any battle that you are going through, any situation that has upheaved to you, any type of conflict or disappointment or heartbreak that you are constantly walking through in this season of your life. God's got your back, but you need to talk to him. You know, your homie can't tell you, hey, bro, I got your back without him talking to you, without him giving it to you first, without him explaining it to you. Allow the Lord to speak to you. Allow the Lord to bless you while you worship him. With every head bowed and every eye closed. How do we respond to this? Pray this every time you think about this week. Lord, let what I'm doing be worship to you. God wants you to te- God wants to teach you how to live a lifestyle of worship. He knows that when our lives are filled with worship to him, nothing will ever be the same again. Worship is awareness. Praising him and bringing awareness to your life, they, they go together, y'all. Alex, can you turn off the lights for me? The Lord, the Lord is here. And he is offering you, the other one, he is offering you fully won battles. He wants you to completely rely on him. That's what brings up awareness. That's what brings awareness in your life. Is you fully depending upon the Lord. So what I want you what I want to challenge with you this week is to make every single moment a moment where you get to worship God. Y'all, we we think it's harder than it's supposed to be. I'm telling you, you take one moment, it'll become a habit. That's why this series is about spiritual habits. What is a habit? A habit is something that you you just automatically do over and over and over again. Let worship be a spiritual habit. Let let your obedience to Him and let your praise, your adoration to Him be constant. I'm not saying you have to have a full-blown revival at your school in a moment where you're just worshiping God. It could be a moment where you're just whispering your prayers to Jesus and telling Him, Lord, I love you. Lord, I need you. Lord, I glorify you. Or even if there's a worship song that you know by heart and that you're whispering it to yourself, I'm gonna see you. Like just speaking over yourself, worshiping by yourself in a moment, in a quiet time moment. 
It's those things. If you have an opportunity, pop up version. Find a scripture that speaks to you, that's going to help you, that's going to encourage you. Don't treat the essential Christian things as a, do, a to-do list or a duty. It should be it should be a, a almost like an amber alert. Let scripture, worship, let those two things be your amber alert in life. When you've fallen and you can't get up, when you, when you have been beaten down by life, because life is going to beat you down to a pulp because life is not even fair, but God is. The Lord is everything you need in your life. So in this moment, I just want you to keep your eyes closed. And if you have the liberty, I just want you to raise your hands and worship to God. It doesn't have to be high. It can be low. Let your hands be the sign of surrender to the Lord. Allow Him to deal with your heart. Allow Him to challenge you. Because I'm telling you right now, if you pray, if you pray this every morning, I kid you not, if you pray, Holy Spirit, remind me to worship you throughout the day. I, I'm telling you, you will have a thought pop in your head. Worship. 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 Let that word sink within you. Let that definition, adoration and praise and reverence towards Him. Let that be lifted in your own heart. It is your it is your multi-to-one life. It is your multi-tool life. So just ask the Lord, 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 I want to worship you as much as I can. I know that life is busy. I know that life is a lot sometimes. But Lord, I pray that us as students, us as young people, us as a young generation would learn to, to see moments to worship you, to see moments to praise your name, to see moments to just grab a scripture and apply it to our life. Let's make it simple, Lord, to where we can truly have a deeper relationship with you. Let the relationship grow deeper and deeper as we continue to know you and to to lavish upon you in your presence. Father, I just pray, Lord, that, that we would worship you in spirit and in truth. That we wouldn't just do it in the flesh and do it by deception. Lord, I pray that we would worship in spirit and in truth. In spirit and in truth. In spirit and in truth. Lord, I pray that our worship toward you would increase that our adoration, our love and respect for you would increase. Because Lord, when we worship you, we become more aware of you and the things in our life that attack us and we know how to fight it. Father, I pray, Lord, that our worship would increase. 
that our prayer would increase, that our that our that the scriptures would hit us deeper than they did from before. I pray, Lord, that we would receive greater, greater anointing, greater revelation, Lord, greater, greater understanding of your word, greater prayer, greater word, greater worship. I pray that it would just increase over time. That it would increase over time. That it wouldn't just be, it wouldn't just make a mark and be like, all right, we're content here. I pray that it would increase more and more as we learn to follow you more and more and more. Lord, I just pray, Lord, by your spirit, Father, that we would continue to worship you deeper. And that it would increase over and over. Place that desire within our hearts so that we can make the choice, so that we can make the decision to worship you deeper, to worship you greater, because you are worthy of worship. You're worthy of praise. You're worthy of adoration. You're worthy of obeying. And I pray, Lord, as we worship you deeper, that worship would benefit our life. Lord, I pray that as we learn to worship, Lord, when life hits us like a rock, like a rock or like a truck, Father, I pray, Lord, that our worship would increase to the point where it would benefit our life, that the things that get thrown at us, Lord, would not compare to the greatness of who you are. I pray that we would be reminded of that. pray that we would wake up to worship your holy, glorious, precious name. Lord, we love you. I thank you for this word. I thank you for the word that you are speaking amongst us about worship. Father, I pray, Lord, that, that every student would be challenged to worship you this week. I pray, Lord, that their spiritual life would increase, that their, that their spiritual life would benefit Lord, not just them, Lord, but you, Lord. I pray that their worship would increase for your glory and their good. I pray that it would give them fresh, fresh revelation, fresh unction of the Spirit, fresh, fresh perspective. I pray that your, our worship towards you would make our head clear. For some of us that are overthinkers, I pray that your worship would increase so that your head can be clear so that your head can be still waters, your brain, your thoughts will be still as the waters. I ask, Lord, that our worship would be deeper and greater than ever before. We love you and we praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.